0: Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century, with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and the book at revivefamily.com. Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family and the author of the influential parenting program that helps parents target the heart by going after the root of the issue rather than whacking away on the surface. I'm also the author of Going, Going, Gone, a great book that looks into why kids are leaving the faith. On today's program, we're going to be talking about sibling conflict, something I've seen a fair amount of having had four kids. I know firsthand how difficult this can be to address, especially when it just seems to keep happening over and over again. We can lose our patience, we find ourselves stuck between our kids, and they just don't seem to be learning anything from the whole experience. In my former self, my former parenting style, I found myself in exactly this position between Heather and Jennifer. Multiple times a day, one of them would come running in, spouting off what their sister did to them. We wanted to have a close, connected family. We wanted to get along. But it just seemed like all of us were getting further and further apart because of the sibling conflict. In your home, you may be hearing things like, John hit me. And then Sally says, John called me stupid. It can wear us all down and build emotional walls between us that we just don't want to see in our homes. After failing at handling sibling conflict with my first two kids, Heather and Jennifer, and then engaging all the research we did with kids, I discovered some things that I needed to change to be able to address sibling conflict well. I found that addressing sibling conflict required a listening ear, observant eyes, and a desire to look below the surface. It also required me to realize that my kids had the ability to resolve conflict on their own. Too often sibling conflict is driven by emotional needs going unmet or emotional insecurities developing in our kids. These deeper things can move our kids to act out questions and like, do things what to try and win favor with their the parents the by bringing is up favored. issues with their brother or, or sister like I've seen this you play spend out more time and over or you do that more I've things with them. When I do live don't events around the country do with don't parents, the explanation I get that a lot of questions. Here's some of the more common questions I get related to sibling situations. My older child is really hard on my younger child. One of my kids is always pointing out the things the other does wrong and it leads to conflict. My kids fight like cats and dogs, what do I do? On this program, we're gonna look at each of these questions in order to explore the underlying issues and suggestions for handling sibling conflict in each of these instances. So let's start with the first question. My older child is really hard on my younger child. When I do live events around the country for parents, After every session, I do a question and answer time. And in those question and answer times, I always get this question. My older child is really hard on my younger child. What do I do? And honestly, the first time I got the question in a live event, I wasn't sure exactly how to handle it, but I dove in headfirst and took the risk anyway, given what I'd seen occur in my own home. So I said to this mom, I have a question for you. Is the older sibling treating the younger sibling the way you tend to react with the older sibling? And she literally cringed in her seat. And she said to me, wow, I hadn't even considered that, but yes, she is. Almost every time a parent asks me this question, why is my older child being so hard on my younger child, they have the same reaction as the woman in the event. They get sheepish, they have a shocked look on their face, or they say, you got me. How did I miss that one? Often, older siblings approach their younger siblings the way we, as their parents, handle issues with them. I've found that our kids tend to pick up on our weaknesses much faster than our positive traits. While I wish this wasn't the case, it's really important that we realize that our kids do pick up on our negative attributes much faster than our positive ones. So it's always wise to ask ourselves the question when we see an issue with our kid, is this something that I'm modeling to them? While it's not a fun question to ask, it's really important because there's nothing more destructive to a relationship with a child than if we're coming down on them for something that we're actually modeling to them. If this is what you're seeing in your home, your older child being really hard on your younger child, obviously the answer begins with us making changes in the way we address them when there's problems and issues. You're also going to have to go to our older child and have a really open, honest, transparent conversation and say, wow, I just realized something. You know, I've been getting upset with you for how you're coming down on your sister or your brother. I realized really you're just treating them the way I tend to handle issues with you. And so the first thing I need to do is apologize to you. The way I've been responding, reacting, or handling issues with you isn't good. And it's not helping you have a great relationship with your sibling. I'm really sorry. Will you forgive me? Admitting the mistake, showing them that you realize that you're doing the same thing that they're doing, and apologizing and asking for forgiveness is absolutely essential if this is where you find yourself. From this platform, you can then have a really strategic conversation with the older sibling. You can ask them questions like, how do you feel when I've treated you this way? And help them identify two or three, maybe four different feelings that they feel when we make the mistake of handling their issues, their problems, their mistakes in a way that's harsh or in a way that makes them feel distant from us, hurt or unloved. None of us want our kids to feel that way with us, and we certainly don't want to see the older sibling make the younger sibling feel that way either. So helping them understand their own feelings and then turning the corner and asking them, how do you think your little sister or little brother feels when you treat them in a similar way, it begins to draw a 360-degree picture, a loop, and they start to go, wow, that's how they're feeling. And that's the best way to get them to begin to realize that they need to change the way they're communicating with their sibling by helping them understand how they feel when they're treated that way and then helping them see that that's how their sibling is feeling. Feelings are really strong in kids, and they're the best way to help them see the reason to make a change in the way we communicate. But if this is the situation you've been in, You need to lead first. You need to begin handling the situations with the older sibling differently in a more kind, gracious manner that's more consistent with the good shepherd. And that will show the older sibling how to do it and how to address issues with the younger sibling. There is another possibility for what might be underlying the older sibling being really hard on the younger child. It could indicate that the older child is feeling displaced or like the younger child is favored over them. This, of course, could stem from actual favoritism, but it could also stem from the fact that younger kids need more help and often have more leeway than older kids, so it appears that they are favored. If this is the case, you cannot just simply go in and try and correct their views by saying that's not the case. They're not favored. I love you just as much. First, we need to listen. We need to begin by asking questions. Questions like, what makes you feel that the younger child is favored? When they give an answer like, you spend more time with them, or you do more things with them, don't deny it, and two, don't give the explanation that they're younger at this point in time. First, you need to ask them, how do you feel in those situations, and help them share those feelings. Often, kids have a hard time reconciling and communicating how they're feeling. Try suggesting some possible ways that they might be feeling in this situation. After you know that they've truly shared how they feel, don't tell them they're wrong, but assure them of your love and care and ask them what would show your love to them in a tangible way. Then from that point, you can actually share with them why younger kids need more attention and more help. And that it's actually a privilege as you get older to be able to do more things on their own. They'll accept this at this point in time because they've been heard, they've shared their feelings, and they know you understand. And because of that, they begin to feel more loved, more understood, and closer to you. By this point, it's becoming clear that sibling conflict can be driven by lots of different factors, and it's why we need to stop and ponder what's really going on when we're looking at sibling conflict between our kids. It's really easy just to jump in, resolve it, and move on, and not address the underlying issues that can grow and lead to siblings that never are connected to each other. I'm in far too many homes where the siblings don't like each other. And it's really interesting that when my kids are at school talking with other kids, how many of their friends don't like their siblings. And my kids find that really hard to understand because all four of my kids are close from age 23 to age 11. And it's because we've helped them understand what's going on underneath and help them learn to resolve conflicts on their own. When we come back in a couple of minutes, we'll talk further about sibling conflict and why it's so important for us to think beyond just the behavior we're seeing as we look at the two additional questions that I often get in live events from parents. One of my kids is always pointing out the things that the other does wrong and it leads to conflict. And my kids are fighting like cats and dogs. What can I do? I'll be back with you on Revive Families Connecting Hearts program related to sibling conflict in just a couple of minutes. Does your child listen to you and do what you ask? Are you tired of the battles? There is hope and a fresh approach to this tiring dilemma. Researcher, counselor, and parenting coach Jeff Schott has done research with 3,500 kids that identifies why kids stop listening and hide in their rooms. The program is called Influential Parenting, and it brings a new perspective to these issues. It's bringing joy and peace back to the parent-child relationship. Get Influential Parenting today at revivefamily.com radio. Welcome back to Revive Family's Connecting Hearts program on sibling conflict. Sibling conflict drives our kids apart, and I've found in my coaching it often spills over into the marriage leading everybody to feel more and more distant and more and more alone. During this program, we've been talking about the three most common questions I get related to sibling conflict, which are, my older child is really hard on my younger child. One of my kids is always pointing out the things that the other does wrong, and it leads to conflict. And the ever-famous, my kids fight like cats and dogs, what can I do? In the first segment of this show, we discussed my older child is really hard on my younger child and the two associated sources that I find lead to this issue. If that's the issue you're having, your older child being really hard on your younger child, I recommend going to our website tomorrow, revivefamily.com. Look at our resources and click on podcasts, and you'll be able to listen to the first segment of this show. Now we're going to step into the second question that I often get from parents, and it relates to one of my kids is always pointing out the things that the other does wrong, and it leads to conflict. How do I get this to stop? This is where we need to step back and assess, like we talked about in the first segment of the program. This issue can exist between a younger kid and an older, or an older and a younger. In other words, the younger kid's always pointing out what the older kid is doing wrong, or the older child is always pointing out what the younger child's doing wrong. In my coaching, I found that this isn't always as straightforward as it seems. Often the kid making the accusations continues because they are believed and the other child is in trouble. Frequently, I have discovered that they are making false or greatly exaggerated claims. Typically, it is the younger child falsely accusing the older, but I've seen it the other direction as well. This damages the relationship with our children and motivates the one that's constantly accused to try and get even with the other sibling. The cycle can be extremely damaging. Breaking the cycle requires individual conversations with both kids about what they see happening or experiencing and how they're feeling about the relationship with their sibling. Too often, when I'm called into coaching situations with families, I'll find that one of the siblings is being falsely accused, but oftentimes that kid's received the label as being the problem, and so the parents aren't really hearing them, aren't really asking the questions, and aren't understanding what's truly going on between the kids. This is the reason we need to sit down and talk with them each individually and ask them a bunch of questions about how they're feeling about the family, about their sibling, about what they're contributing to the situation and how what they're doing in the relationship with their sibling is causing them to feel about themselves. Oftentimes this can break down the guard of the sibling that's actually making the accusations and they sometimes will say, I feel horrible about myself. And that will be a great clue that there's something else going on here. The other thing we need to do in these situations is talk with them about how they're feeling in regards to the relationship with us. Because oftentimes one kid or the other will feel like they're not measuring up to their brother or sister, they're not measuring up to the parents' expectations. And when they're falling short of those expectations and not feeling like they're performing and being accepted or understood, they'll oftentimes try and tear down their sibling because it helps them feel like they're okay. Understanding how our kids really feel about their relationships with us can be a huge clue into what's driving one of the kids to point out all the issues in the other. Another set of questions you can ask them What they desire out of the relationships in the family and the relationship with their sibling. Do they want to have a close, fun family? Do they want to be close to their sibling in the short term, in the midterm, and the long term? Or do they want to end up feeling alone? These questions can really help them begin to assess, yeah, I want a close fun family. Well, is what you're doing leading to that? And their obvious conclusion will be absolutely not. Leading our kids to these self-realizations is vital to seeing long-term change. Simply coming down on them and telling them to stop or punishing them doesn't really get to the root of the issue. It doesn't help them understand how they're feeling in the relationship to you, in the relationship to their sibling, and what might be causing the behavior. And it certainly doesn't draw them to the self-realization that this isn't even consistent with what they desire from their family or their relationship with their sibling. And then I've found using the strategy we're going to talk about related to the third question will really help after these conversations have taken place. One of the things I mentioned at the beginning of the program was that we have to recognize that our kids are able to resolve conflict on our own. I found that parents sometimes feel like they need to be the referee or they are the answer to resolving the problems between their kids. But oftentimes, if we're not digging in and asking the appropriate questions and really seeking to understand and listening and observing, we'll come to the wrong conclusion and we may actually make the situation worse. But you know who really can resolve the issues between siblings? It's the siblings themselves. And that's where this third question comes in. My kids fight like cats and dogs, but what can I really do about it? I keep telling them to stop. I keep coming down on them. I keep resolving their issues for them, but they just don't seem to be changing. They don't seem to be learning. When our girls were young, Heather and Jennifer, and we parented through a traditional lens, the girls got into lots of conflicts. It seemed like several a day. They'd run into me and begin to tell me everything their sister did to them. Then the sister would show up with accusations of her own. And I'd talk to them about it and help them resolve the conflict and get them to apologize to each other. But it just kept happening. They weren't learning. It seemed like it would never end until I changed my approach. To change my approach, I needed to look at the whole situation differently. I needed to see myself differently as opposed to being the person that resolved the conflict. I needed to see myself as a trainer, someone who was going to teach my girls, even though they were young, how to resolve conflicts on their own apart from me or my wife i thought i was doing that when i was resolving the conflict and getting them to apologize to each other but i actually wasn't i was actually getting in the way and often not taking the time to understand and ask the questions to really come to the right conclusion as to what was really going on underneath and in the end i didn't really need to be involved in all of that If it related to the family or if it related to my relationship with my kids, then yes, I needed to listen and understand and apologize and make changes. But oftentimes, it was just stuff that was going wrong in their relationship, and me being involved didn't really help them figure that stuff out. So I changed my tactic because they already knew they needed to talk things through, listen to each other, and apologize— I started doing something differently when they showed up in the room. Heather would walk in and say, Jennifer did rah, rah, rah. Or Jennifer would walk in and say, Heather did da, da, da. And I would go, just a second. I'll listen to what Heather did. After you tell me what you did wrong, of course, their first response was, but, but no, you know, Heather did this and this. No, I'm not going to listen to that until you own your side of the equation or some of the things you did wrong in the interaction. And of course they would press again, but, but, but no. First, you own your side, and then I'll listen to the other side. Of course, just about the time I got Jennifer ready to admit what she had done, Heather would walk in saying, Jennifer did this, rah, rah, rah. And I'd say, wait a minute, time out. What did you do wrong? And I'd go through the same cycle with them. And then standing there, they would both end up having to share with me what they did wrong. And of course, as they each hurt each other on their side of the equation, a large portion of the issue was already resolved. What I was trying to do is get them to be able to self-reflect. Oftentimes when we jump in, we're not taking an approach that helps our kids self-reflect and learn. This strategy caused our kids to start to self-reflect upon what they were doing wrong in these conversations. And as a result, they really learned a great deal. And it wasn't long after I started this strategy that they were resolving conflicts off on their own because they learned to see the things that they were doing wrong and were able to grab them. Admit them and apologize. And in the coaching I do in families working in the marriages, I often find that this is a huge weakness on the part of the parents. They were never taught to self-reflect. They were never taught to dig in and say, wow, this, when I said this, when I did that, that probably hurt the other person. And as a result, the conflicts in their marriage have been really difficult to resolve teaching our kids to self-reflect in the context of these conflicts is invaluable for them in their life, in their relationship with us, in their relationship with each other, and honestly, in the future relationships they have in their families. This is why I recommend when they come running to you, instead of Listening to what the other person did to them, ask them what they did wrong in the situation. Ask them to self-reflect and figure out their part of the equation. Even if it's a smaller part than the other kid, they still need to be able to see their contribution to the situation at hand. At first, they may find it difficult to identify what they did wrong, and you need to be prepared to ask them a series of questions like, Did you raise your voice? Did you say something that hurt your sister's feelings? Did you not share or take something from your sister? Asking these questions will cue their memory and help them go, Yeah, I did this and I did this, and help them realize what self reflecting is. It's a great way to train them and it makes resolving conflicts between the kids so much easier. Now, at times, if they're both in the room and the other one is sharing what they did wrong and they miss something, the other one, the other sister, sibling will want to jump in and say, but you also did this. You've got to prevent that. And sometimes in the beginning of this process, you you need to have the conversations individually and then bring them together to share their piece of the puzzle with each other. This strategy works great because there's no way one kid can end up feeling like they get the upper hand on the other. There's no way one can use it as a way to try and tear down their sibling or a way to try and bring down the favored child because they know that you're not going to be listening to their side and what they say the other did wrong. You're going to be asking them to own their own side of the equation, which is why they quickly realize that coming to you isn't the answer. The answer is to stop, calm down, and listen to each other and self-reflect and then apologize to each other and move on outcoming to us, their parents. Really fun related to this is as they began to self-reflect, they were learning. And so a lot of the things they were doing that were tripping off each other's wires and leading to conflict began to just evaporate because they were self-reflecting and they were learning from that self-reflection and changing the way they interacted with each other. I believe this is why all four of our kids are so close, even though we have a huge age range from age 23 to age 11. At the beginning of the show, I shared with you that the old me, the old parenting style, definitely wasn't working for resolving conflict. It didn't work well for dealing with our kids' failures, shortcomings, and motivation issues either. And that's why we did the research and began to change everything we were doing in our home. If you're seeking a different way to parent that will help build this close, connected family, I think we all desire, please consider signing up to take our online Influential Parenting course. It will offer you a whole new perspective and tools to go in there and go after the things that are going on underneath as opposed to just addressing the surface where oftentimes we get frustrated, we react, and then there's conflict influential parenting is all based upon the way the good shepherd led. He led with influence such that the sheep granted him the influence in their lives, and it's why he could take them into all these difficult situations, all these tempting situations, and they didn't fall, because they had already decided that the way Jesus was leading was the way they wanted to live. And influential parenting will help you become a great shepherd, a good shepherd in your kid's life, so that you have that same type of powerful influence in your kid's lives. Thank you for joining us for Revive Families Connecting Hearts. We'll be back next week with another topic to help you stay connected to your kids at a heart level. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program, Designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.